Hey everyone, welcome back to Pod on Your Loons. I'm Sam. Yeah, and welcome back. I'm James. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me back again, Sam. And uh, seems we're missing Justin again. It's legit. We're not going to tease him about it. He's taking care of a sick family member, so he wishes he was here. We wish he was here, and we hope that his family member, not COVID, okay, not COVID, but we hope everything is uh, is all good over there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, James, tell us about your fancy new microphone. Yeah, so I just got a uh, very fancy new microphone, a uh, Blue Yeti caster. Uh, it was about 200 and something euros, uh, but it's basically a uh, kind of professional broadcasting mic. Uh, so I use it for streaming and podcasting. Nice. So hopefully listeners will be able to tell the quality difference. Well, actually, I'll just have to edit you less is really what's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> now, I'm only asking this because you're you're my friend and don't elaborate too much. But why don't you explain your streaming a little bit? Because you've been broadcasting this on on Twitter a little bit and... It does sound interesting. I don't get it at all. Okay. I don't get it at all. I, um, I mean, I understand the basic premise is that you're playing video games and broadcasting. You're playing video games. I don't get why anyone wants to watch that. Um, <laughs> but I'm also like four or five years older than you. And I might've just missed out on that, but explain it, James. Yeah. So basically I stream on a platform, um, called Twitch, uh, people also stream to YouTube, to Facebook. There's a variety of streaming platforms. Uh, basically, yeah, I play games and I get people that watch me play games and people that pay me money each month um, to watch me play games. And yeah, basically for me, it's not about, yeah, it's two things. You know, I'm going to be playing the games anyway. So why not kind of broadcast it out and, and see who wants to watch? And for me, it's really about the interaction. You know, I don't think people always come there to, to watch exactly the game I'm playing, uh, but it's more to have the interaction with me and kind of uh, hang out and, and yeah, kind of uh, talk to me in my everyday life while I also play video games. So what games are you playing on this thing? Yeah, so I play uh, a wide variety. I don't know how much listeners will know, but I basically play a game that's called Guild Wars 2. It's very similar to World of Warcraft. I think most people know what World of Warcraft is. I even know what that is. <laughs> um, and I also play a range of like either first-person shooters or kind of like more RPG role-playing game type games. So yeah, it's a mix of everything really. I'm, uh, I'm happy to try all kinds of things. Sure. So yeah, you can find me at uh, twitch.tv forward slash CPT James Force. Yeah. And there's links to that on his Twitter profile as well. So yeah. check them out. Fun enough. I, I think we can move on. I, I literally have <laughs> yeah. nothing to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. If people want to come hang out, I'm always, uh, I'm always happy to chat. Yep. And, and if anyone moves. wants to watch me, watch me play uh, Bomberman 64 or Pokemon <laughs> Red, let me know. <laughs> I haven't uh, really updated my gaming since then. But there's a market for that. There probably is. There probably is. But hey, we got actually quite a bit of news. There was a canceled game that we're not talking about right now. But there's no shortage of news to talk about on this podcast. We're going to start off 
We have three new player signings, all from USL Championships, Reno 1868. So sign three players from that same club. We weren't the only MLS team to just raid that club for its players, as LAFC also signed one of Reno's top goal scorers. But let me just list off the three players that we snagged from them. We have Kevin Partita, 25-year-old midfielder. He was a former third-round pick by San Jose in the 2018 draft, and he did make six caps with San Jose before he switched to Reno, which was San Jose's affiliate at the time. We also have Sam Gleedle, 24-year-old left back, left winger, left wing back. Sounds like he can play anywhere on the left. He is English, but he has a green card. Okay, And prior to Reno, prior to signing with Reno in 2018, he had only played at the amateur level, but he has been playing well for Reno, and he has his shot with Minnesota United. And then the third player was Foster Langsdorf, a 24-year-old striker. He actually was previously with the Portland Timbers Academy before he switched to Stanford University, where he won three NCAA titles. After his graduation, he did sign a homegrown contract with Portland in 2018 and did make two caps for Portland before switching to their USL squad. But he was released in 2019, and he signed with Reno, where he had been just banging in goals for them. So we got all three of them. How are we feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, from the face of it, it doesn't look like it's going to be like, you know, three players that are going to shock the world, uh, like a Reynoso-type splash money. But you know what? I think from what they've showed so far, I think, you know, they're three very solid players. I think, you know, and giving them a run in the MLS, you know, two have already played a bit briefly. But I think it uh, it's good for depth. Um, and it will be, yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see kind of how they go in the MLS and how they can grow. And then we can see what we can do with them, especially in, you know, if next season is also compromised for, you know, whatever reason, then yeah, we've got some, uh, we've got some backups and some kind of squad depth. Yeah. And I, I like the timing of it too. We'll, we'll talk about this later when we get to the big CF, but the USL is, is finished ended a little bit prematurely, but Reno was its top team in the table prior to the playoffs where where they did lose, but Reno was their top team in the regular season. And we we snagged three of their better players. Our season's not over. So we get to take a look at them prior to our offseason and try to see what we have. Very low risk. I don't know how high the reward is. I don't think that we have a bunch of all-stars on our hands, but we could have solid MLS caliber rotation players that we have gotten out of these three signings. Even if we have one out of these three signings, that's a pretty good thing for Minnesota United. Yeah, I I think so too. And even if it's just, you know, 65th, 70th minute, he throws them on and they do some stuff like, yeah, that's, you know, these guys come from, uh, you know, the USL. Yeah, I think it's I think that would be more than enough out of these guys. Yeah, and you you find this a lot with at any level, really of any sport, when you have multiple leagues of varying tiers, is that in the lower leagues you have players that are either young and are advancing towards the next league, or you have players that are a little bit older 
They are quality, but the higher league has seen what has seen their limited potential and is no longer interested in keeping them on their roster. So instead, in, instead of being on an MLS roster, even though they are of MLS caliber, an older player of MLS caliber that's not going to be a regular starter will probably find themselves playing more time in the USL championship. We, we have seen young players make their way up from the USL or the old NASL with Miguel Ibarra, Christian Ramirez, uh, currently on our roster is James Musa. Not that we see him p- play a ton of minutes, but he he's there. I know he's had a couple of iffy performances, but he's also had some performances where he's looked where he's looked uh, like he belongs in the field. Yeah, it's, especially considering he is a backup. We have also had players on Minnesota United go down to the USL. Maybe they weren't playing much with Minnesota United and went on to the USL and did pretty well as a regular starter, including including Colin Martin, who is currently with San Diego. Last year was with Minnesota United. And this year, even, Brent Coleman went down to El Paso for a handful of games, played almost every game for them while he was down there, and is now back in Minnesota United. So I, I think that, that that talent level is relatively similar between MLS bench players and USL starters, USL stars. It's just a matter of if they're young and they have potential, they find their way to the MLS. If they're getting older and they more or less have capped out, they stay in the USL. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, same. I think it is. Uh, I think it will be good to see. And this might be the kind of the start of a trend as well. Kind of every come the end of every season, picking up a couple of players and then moving forward and seeing uh, seeing what happens. Well, yeah, like ideally, and maybe you can comment on this a little bit, James, but in the English system, right? Players fluctuate, fluctuate between the leagues. Players in the EFL League Two, League One, Championship, they want to make their way up to the Premier League if they are of, of the age where they're on the way up, right? Yeah, exactly. And... And like you said, it, it goes the other way as well. Like top teams will kind of even sign a young player and then just send them out on loan in a lower division for a year or two just to get game time and get match fitness and become better before bringing them back into like the kind of the main first squad as well. This happens all the time. Sometimes I feel like half of the EFL teams are just stocked with Chelsea players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to be stocked with all the top five or six. So, I mean, yeah, it's good for both. Like, it's good both ways. You know, younger talent kind of gets to kind of learn the ropes and play at a kind of a lower style league. And lower league teams get to have these, yeah, great uh, great players come down who are, who are very skillful and really help their teams as well. Not as great of news. So, James right now is rocking his brand new Robin Lud jersey. So very comfortable. James, the new president of the Robin Lud fan club. So take that, Grant. Yep. I'm sorry, Grant. It's uh, it's me now. <laughs> it's a very comfortable shirt. I highly recommend getting one. But James originally, when he was looking at buying a Minnesota United jersey, he was looking to get Luisa Maria after his 25th goal, but 
his season, unfortunately, is cut short officially. We all knew this was coming, but he will officially end his season and have ankle surgery. Noah Billingsley, who is back from his loan with Las Vegas, will take the international roster spot, previously held by Luis Amaria, as Noah Billingsley is from New Zealand. Luis Amaria's season ends with 10 appearances for Minnesota United. He famously scored in both games prior to the lockdown, but then was hurt in the very first game of the MLS's back tournament. He would make seven additional appearances after his injury, and he even scored one just awesome goal against San Jose within the MLS's back tournament, but he never again looked the same. So James, I throw it back to you, man. What do we do? He was on a loan to buy contract. What do you think? Did we see enough or do you think the team lets him walk? So I think this is really complicated, to be honest, because if you look at the first two games, man, we should buy this guy straight out. He was amazing. Like from when we saw when he was healthy, he scored goals and he looked fabulous. However, the concerning part is those additional appearances after his injury when he didn't look the same. It's really like how bad is that injury going to affect him long-term? Because, you know, based on the first two performances, I think it would have been a buy. Like if he'd kept going like that, I think we would have bought that contract. But I think if we if we buy it now and then... You know, he comes back at the start of next season. Do we even know if he's going to be ready for the start of next season? We don't know a lot yet, no. Yeah, and I think in in most cases, it's easier to let it go and then kind of judge when he's back at his own club how the first kind of six months goes of the new season for him. And if he's showing the same kind of signs that he's, you know, he's ready, he's willing, he's scoring goals again, he looks recovered, then I'd probably try and buy him or at least like, like keep the dialogue open. And, you know, if you're letting him go, make it that it's not that you're letting him go because you don't think he's good. You just want to see what he's like because he has an injury. Right. And yeah, you might end up paying more for him in the long run because uh, his team's going to be like, well, now you want him back, we're going to make you pay more for him. But I think it's a bit risky to to buy him, especially after we just bought Reynoso, Reynoso as well. I think this will be one of the main conversations throughout the offseason. In fact, I, I think it will be the top conversation throughout the offseason. Minnesota United, since getting going, really hasn't had that just go-to striker that you can just depend on to score goals, right? Strikers are there to score goals. Yeah. We had Christian Ramirez, fan favorite. He was great for what he did. Really great for what he did. He'll be forever one of our all-time favorites, but he wasn't that just lights-out striker that a club with Minnesota United's aspirations, he wasn't that lights-out starting number nine that Minnesota United was looking for. Yeah. Angela Rodriguez, great hold-up player but just wasn't lighting the world on fire. We needed we needed someone to light the world on fire. Abu, Abu Dinladi had flashes. Mason Toy had flashes. Luis Amaria was the first time we had a striker that really did seem like the real deal, and then he was hurt almost immediately after. So Minnesota United 
four years into the MLS franchise era, still without that just go-to striker. And if they think, if they saw enough that Luis Amaria is the guy, we'll, we'll find out based on what they do when it comes to signing him to a long-term contract or letting him go back to his home, to his home club. Oh, oh, are we cursed, Sam? Like, we, we can't have a good striker, and then as soon as we get one, he gets injured? Like, <laughs> Well, I don't think we've put significant investment into a striker yet. Angelo Rodriguez was a, he was technically a designated player, but we've talked about this many times. He was on a designated player contract that could easily be bought down with Tam. Yeah. Which he eventually was. So, and, and Luis Amaria, right? Like he was on a loan to buy Luis Amaria, probably the flashiest striker we've brought in so far is on a loan to buy contract. So, I don't think we're cursed. I just think that we haven't put in significant investment yet. And I think it'll be very interesting to see what we do in the offseason. And that's why I know we're hopefully many episodes away from our first offseason episode. <laughs> hopefully many episodes away from that. But I, th- I already think that that'll be the main talking point that we have is what do we do about Striker? And I mean, the other main talking point as well at that point is going to be what we're going to do about goalkeeper as well. <laughs> I'm calling it now. But yeah, I mean, we just need like an Obama Young, just an out and out, just goal machine. Well, he's getting old, so get out of his Twitter. Tell him, <laughs> tell him to come on over to Minnesota. Get him over in the MLS. I'll, uh, I'll buy him. Obama Yang, if you're listening, I will buy you a Juicy Lucy. We might have to explain to him what that is, but that's that's a good deal. It's a good deal. It's a great deal. All right. One last bit of news. Not that this is actually news, but our good friend Grant, who is the former president of the Robin Lid Fan Club, he he took our conversation that Justin and I had had last week on NFL allegiance of Minnesota United fans, and he ran it out on his own Twitter profile asking, what NFL team Minnesota United fans held allegiance to. And he got 58 votes and it was based on what we were talking about on our podcast. So I figured I'd just share it out because honestly, this is what I expected. Vikings, we we knew the Vikings would be the top choice with 48% of the votes. We also knew the Packers would be the second top choice with 28% of the votes. Other, which includes James, I don't know if the listeners know this, but Other was 24% of the vote. James, you are the other, right? You are one of the 24%. So you want to elaborate on that at all? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm an Indianapolis Colts fan. I have been for a long time. Uh, Because it's basically the first ever game that I saw, uh, that I watched, was uh, ironically the loss to the New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl with the onside kick and the... That whole fiasco, the pick six from Peyton Manning. But yeah, like I've, yeah, supported them since before we even started playing fantasy football together, Sam, which is a long time ago. Um, And yeah, I've been to Lucas Oil Stadium. I got to go inside and watch a combine once when I was there. And yeah, it's just, it's just fantastic. Um, But yeah, talking about the other, 
I saw there were a lot of gifts in the comments. Um, there were some Browns fans, uh, some Steelers fans. There was a real, there was a real mix in there. To be honest, I brought up in the last episode tonight. I think this is pretty relevant because I think MLS teams, because for millennials or even now we're getting to the point where Gen Z would be thrown into this. We grew up in our hometowns supporting our home teams, whether it was NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college, whatever. But MLS is MLS has grown so much that those of us who have relocated, we're staying loyal, right? Like I've stayed loyal to my Packers, my Badgers when I've moved to Minneapolis. But it's it's been the loons, right? It's been the loons that have really gotten a hold of and have really enjoyed getting into. And I don't think I'm unique at all. And no. I, I don't think this is unique to the loons either. I think it's a countrywide phenomenon where people are moving to new cities and they are discovering the MLS for the first time or the USL or whatever. And you're seeing overlap in fan bases between Packers and the loons, between the Colts and the loons, wh- whatever it is. And I, I find that very interesting. I'm glad that Justin isn't in on this conversation actually right now, <laughs> uh, given that he is a Vikings fan and I'm a Packers fan. Um, I, I feel much more comfortable having this conversation with James, though Ju- Justin could could add some interesting insight. But yeah, I don't know. And it, it makes me wonder if Grant would have had the option of like a fourth option of I don't follow the NFL or I don't care about that kind of football. I wonder how many people would have said that too, because I think there's a sizable portion for that of people who got into the loons, but didn't care about quote unquote, the traditional American sports. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we'd be doing Justin a disservice if we didn't shout out that the Vikings beat the Packers at Lambeau. Uh, So I'll do that for you, Justin. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think, I think it's rather interesting that generally I find that, you know, in American sports, kind of like football or soccer, like the MLS is kind of like the fifth, kind of like the fifth sport, right? You have football, hockey, baseball, basketball, and like, then there's the MLS, where in a lot of other countries, it's kind of like the first or second. So it would kind of be an interesting kind of take to see how many people don't actually like a lot of the sports, but have kind of got into the MLS just because it's a little bit easier and it's not as kind of full on as all the other sports are. Well, and it's a little bit counterculture. If you grew up to punk rock to care about the NFL, (laughs) <laughs> you, you, your your hipster bar has uh, has Tottenham Hotspur on TV, and uh, you can check that out. Yeah, I mean, it would be. I think the MLS is doing a lot for people who probably aren't traditional fans of sport. I would say one hundred percent. I'd say USL two, and you know, even lower division teams like Minneapolis City for sure. Yeah. Because it's it's more of a community experience that they build it as. Yeah, and I mean, also, like, you know, football is the world game, right? So 
it's like how much of like how many people also have watched the Premier League before the MLS was a thing or how many people knew about the Premier League before kind of whether they'd watched it or not, but even knew that kind of football and the World Cup and all this kind of stuff has been like slowly growing and building in the States over time. Probably yeah. almost all of us. I probably watched Premier League consistently for at least 10 years before I went to my first MLS game. Yeah, and I mean, another thing is like the, the, the fact that the women are doing so well internationally kind of I think has really helped kind of push MLS as, as a sport that people want to watch. I mean, that's been a thing since the 90s. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean. No, I, I don't think, and maybe this is more of, of a conversation for the offseason, but I don't think the MLS has, the MLS has grown a lot. But I don't think it's done a great job growing into markets where they don't have teams. Like I live in yeah. I live in the Twin Cities, but when it's not COVID, I, I go home to Madison every six weeks or so. You do not see a lot of people watching the MLS in Madison. They have their USL team that people get excited about but you do not see people watching the MLS in Madison. You see people waking up early to go, go to their pub and watch Arsenal. You see people waking up early, go to going to their pub, watching Liverpool. You do not see people going out, watching the MLS. That could change, but I don't think it has yet. I think it's slow, but it hasn't happened yet. And on that, like, it would kind of be interesting to see how many MLS teams are in cities that don't have another sports team already. Well, I mean, I mean that's that's relatively easy. It, I, I don't know if there's a single team where they don't have any other sports teams. I think there are more examples where they only have one, you know, Columbus, right? They only have the Blue Jackets and the Columbus crew. Portland, they only have the Trailblazers and the Timbers. Uh, soon to be Sacramento, they only have the Kings and soon to be whatever they call their new team. I think there are examples of that where you have underserved markets. Actually, Austin, right? Austin will be the first team that doesn't have another big four sports franchise that has an MLS team. But they also like, and, and this is what a lot of people outside of the United States forget, is how big college sports are in parts of our country. Yeah. And Austin has the University of Texas. So like that that yeah, is okay. that is a huge deal. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. Like to be honest, like college teams for us are just so non-existent. Like no one really bothers about it. Right. If it's but not it, like Oxford and Cambridge rowing against each other, like who cares? Yeah, no one cares. Um yeah, whereas for you guys, it's a lot different. I think it'll be interesting uh, for Austin to see how that goes, actually. Like how the team starting in Sacramento versus the team starting in Austin and kind of how like that is kind of with fans or with their like base or how kind of it grows or their exposure. It'll be interesting to see how that happens, I think. It has the right demographic. I, th I think it'll do just fine. It Cities that have a large Latino influence, they they automatically draw a little bit better. Um, you know, we had uh, shoot already several episodes 
quite a few episodes ago, I had my old high school buddy Omar come on and talk about mm-hmm. Forward Madison and and his uh, his role with the Latino supporters group with Forward Madison. Both of those cities have have a large Latino population that would would definitely that definitely could help build the fan base, but they also have another demographic that does very well with soccer, whether it's the MLS or USL or lower leagues or whatever. And that is young, liberal, young professionals um, that are, you know, looking for a new thing to do. Those demographics work pretty well in the favor of professional soccer teams in the United States. They, yeah. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. I think both of them have that. That's been the bread and butter of Minnesota United. I, from from what I can tell, I'm a little less connected, but that's been the bread and butter for Madison. Yeah, it it just it seems like that's that's where the common draw is. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, kind of what happens with that as well. So, well, hey. I don't feel bad about this at all because it was a Wednesday game and I have never been a fan of recapping Wednesday games the following Monday, but let's give a re- quick, quick recap of Minnesota United versus Colorado. And then we're going to get into what I think is the meat of this episode. And that is the big CF because we have a lot to talk about with the big CF, including why we don't have two games to talk about this episode. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, start with the lineup. It's always a good place to start. Okay. Not in the lineup. Yeah, I was going to say, I want to talk to you th- about this, James, because is this common? Kai Kamara not in the lineup due to a gentleman's agreement that Minnesota United had with Colorado saying that Minnesota United would not play Kai Kamara against Colorado. Is that common? Have you ever heard of that before? To be honest, no. <laughs> it's a short answer. Um, this generally happens uh, in the Premier League only in, for example, a cup game, like the FA Cup, if a player is on loan. Yep. So if you're on loan to the other club, uh, you generally can't play against your own club. Or if it's like the Champions League and you've played for a club in the group stages, you're then not allowed to play for a different club kind of past that because you've already been registered in the competition and this kind of stuff. But that's a league rule. Yes. Um, But the loan rule would probably be the closest thing to a gentleman's agreement where a loan player... Sometimes it's put in the language of the loan that they cannot play against their their mother club, right? Yeah, exactly. Because it can happen that you can loan to a club. For example, Chelsea could loan to someone who's in the Premier League. Which I could list off like five players right now. Yeah. So generally, generally they won't play, um, but it's kind of a per, per person basis. But that's pretty much the closest you're going to get to this. But yeah, I had not heard of this before. Like this, just you do a transfer to another. Like, how many clubs has Kai Kamara played for? Like, like is almost it a- all of them at this point. I think we're eight <laughs> or nine. Has it been a gentleman's agreement every time for like the first game or two games after that? Well, I oh. I think I don't think it's always been a transfer. I think a lot of times it's been a free transfer. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it seems weird to me. 
Well, and he wasn't happy about it. And I, I get this, right? Because when I played rec soccer, whenever we'd show up and the other team didn't have enough players, I was always the first one to want to switch sides because I wanted to play against my friends. And it sounded like Kai Kamara was just bummed out because he wanted to play against his friends. So I felt for him there. I understand that. Anytime I'd score on someone, you know what I would do? If it was <laughs> one of my friends. What? I would do the Aaron Rodgers belt, you know, the discount double check. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. My my friends don't like me. You you only like me because you live across <laughs> the ocean. <laughs> I don't have to deal with it all the time. <laughs> I am an I am insufferable at times. But oh, I, I mean well. <laughs> well. That's the most important point. And the other person not in the lineup uh, was Chase Gasper. Uh, he was shown sitting in the stadium, but. Like maybe it's COVID, maybe. Like I don't, I don't, I don't find any reason for him not to be there. Yeah, I'm, I'm really confused by that. Considering we had news that another Minnesota United player tested positive, and that he wasn't in the lineup, we assumed it was him, but then we saw him in the stadium, which freaked us out because of how close it was to the transfer deadline, but. <laughs> Transfer deadline is coming past, and thankfully he's still there. But then he also he wasn't going to be on the plane to go to Kansas City in that game that was eventually canceled. He wasn't going to be on the plane to go to Kansas City. So something's up with Chase Gasper. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it was a false positive that he then had a negative and then was allowed to watch the game. I don't totally understand what is going on, but he was not in the lineup. So we get to who was in the lineup. Uh, DSC in goal, obviously. Debassi, Boxy, Kalman, and Matinea across the back. Uh, Ozzy and Gregush. Molino, Reynoso, and my man Lod uh, with uh, the big salary up front. And substitutes Hayes, Finlay, Heston, and Edwards. Yeah, and we'll get into it, but Hayes got in pretty quick, un- unfortunately. Nothing against Hayes, but not not necessarily happy with how he got on the field. So Minnesota United off to a slow start, which is becoming relatively typical of Minnesota United. But at least this time they, they snapped out of that ugliness uh, after just a few minutes. But then Ozzy Alonso already subbed off in the 28th minute for Ja'Cory Hayes. Which I'm I'm comfortable I am comfortable with Jacory Hayes. Jacory Hayes, in my opinion, has shown that he belongs on an MLS squad, that he he deserves minutes in an MLS squad. But I am worried about Ozzy. And we have we have talked many times about how Minnesota United appears to be in this win now mode, right? They have this window where Ozzy and Eichel Para are are still you know contributing at a high level and i am wondering if this window closed sooner than we potentially thought it would based on how ozzy alonzo we we love the guy but every time he seems to be back in full health he doesn't seem to last that long and eichel para we still don't totally know what is going on 
whether it's a, a head injury or, or concerns about coronavirus, we, we don't totally know. But I am starting to worry that our window, as it relates to Ozzy and Ike, is starting to close. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just echoing you here as well with just Ozzy, like, he he was just gone for so long, and now that he's back, he just he just doesn't seem to last even a half at the moment. And yeah, like, are we, are we rushing him back too early? Like, are we, are we just trying to get him on the field because, you know, of the influence that he has on everyone else or should we just kind of bench him for the rest of the time and then next season, see how it goes. And it it could be that we've, We've seen a lot of Hassani Dotson this year in place of Ozzy Alonso. And with Hassani Dotson hurt, you know, obviously Hassani Dotson in the previous game had gotten the start ahead of Ozzy Alonso, I assume, to give Ozzy Alonso more rest. And then, unfortunately, Hassani Dotson was injured off of that just bad tackle. And Ozzy Alonso was fourth yeah. of the game, maybe before we were maybe before Adrian Heath was comfortable in letting him play. I don't know. But gosh, I mean, with how Ja'Cory Hayes has been playing, I can't imagine that if Ozzy Alonso wasn't given all indication that he was good to go, I can't imagine why you would risk him, given where we are in the season, given how certain it was for us to make the playoffs when you had Ja'Cory Hayes as an option. I don't know. And for, th- for that reason, I, I kind of assumed that Ozzy Alonso was good to go. I'm, I'm very worried. I think we were talking about earlier with a big question for the offseason on what do we do about striker? What do we do about goalkeeper? I think another question we have is, does Ozzy Alonso retire? Or if he, if he stays on the squad, can we assume that he is, you know, part of our best 11, part of our full strength 11, or is he going to play a different role? Yeah, I mean, he's 34. I he'll be 35 next week. And yeah, I mean, I mean we've got to start keeping a list of all these off-season questions because <laughs> we're already up to three just from this episode. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right. You know, I think it's, it is... An, an important question, you know, what does he have another go in him? Does he have another season? Does he have another couple of seasons? I think the worst thing would be to watch him just decline and decline and decline and then retire. I, I, I wish that he could just be out there all the time. I wish that he would just could be healthy. And because at the end of the day, like if this is it, you know, no one wants to see it end like this coming off in the 28th minute, kind of injured. And then, you know, the la- the whole of his last season was just kind of mixed, a mixed bag of injuries and coming off. And yeah, it's just not the way that you really, that you really want it to go. But I think it, as well, like you just got to be realistic. Like, is it, is it something he's going to get better from? Is his body going to be able to hold up for another whole season? Um, and, and you're right. I think it's a good off season question because at the moment, I, I honestly don't know. 
Like, I don't know if he could go another whole season. Yeah, he, he's barely gone this one. Right. So, well, and, and like you said, like, we, we have good backup, right? So. Well, let's be positive for a little bit because I thought, despite the gentleman's agreement, Aaron Schoenfeld did did a nice job filling in for Kai Kamara. I felt he did look dangerous. There have been times this year where Aaron Schoenfeld has looked dangerous. I liked how he was able to use his size to his advantage as he was holding able to hold up the ball. And I, I did like that he was even tracking back a little bit. I know you don't always want your striker tracking back too much, but he was very much in the game. And I, I felt Aaron Schoenfeld did a nice job coming off of his first goal of the season, which he had in the previous game in the final minute. Felt he did a good job. And then, of course, we have 44th minute goal. James, as the president of the Robin Lud fan club, I will let you talk about this 44th minute goal, man. Yeah, so Molino wins the ball, gives it to Renoso. Renoso kind of runs down near the middle, spots a very open Robin Lord, uh, gives this perfect pass, and Lord just one touches bangers. It's the, it's the new bangers only while uh, Dodson is out. Uh, he just absolutely banged that into the net. And eighth goal in 2020, sixth goal in the regular season. And my man Renoso, third assist since he's got here. And every time he touches the ball, he just looks electric. And, you know, it was just the perfect pass. And Robin Lud, just before halftime, just bangs it straight in. And it comes back to the old, old age-old question. Why aren't we playing him on the right every game, <laughs> Sam? Why do we keep putting him on the left? <laughs> well, I mean, Finlay is the reason why we keep playing him on the left. But... To answer your first question, he's not bangers only. This is his eighth goal of 2020. Asani Dotson, he doesn't score as many goals, but when he does, right? Like he doesn't always score goals, but when he does, absolute bangers. Robin Lud sometimes just taps him in on the rebound. He sometimes has bangers, right? <laughs> like he has it all in him. I mean, I don't have it right in front of me. I think Molino might still be the leading goal scorer for this season, but Robin Lud is right in that conversation. So Robin Lud is getting all sorts of goals, right? He's getting the ones you should get, and he's getting the bangers. Hassani Dotson, bangers only, and that's why he is bangers only, Hassani Dotson. So makes sense. Makes sense. No, we're not taking that title from him, but you do bring up a good point, and that is that Robin Lud. He deserves his own fan club. And you, right, you as the only Minnesota United podcaster I know of that has a Robin Lud jersey, you right now deservedly are president of that fan club, James. Yeah, I, I think Twitter needs more uh, characters on the bio. I'm struggling to fit in all these things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the man's going to keep on scoring. And I'm very excited to see how many he ends up with Especially especially with a full season. I think kind of using this kind of mixed up, messy, MLS is back tournament kind of season to get it all together. I think that, you know, this and with the partnership with Reynoso going into this into the playoffs, a deep, deep playoffs run, uh, and into next year, I think is I think is very positive. 
Yeah, and if, like you're mentioning earlier, if we can add like just a straight out scores a lot of goals striker, it's going to be a very, very potent force up front and in the midfield. In the 69th minute, Colorado did equalize with a goal by Shinichinki. But in the 89th minute, once again, some late game heroics. I was going to say by Minnesota United, but it was actually an own goal by Lala Abubakar. And Minnesota is up 2-1. The game closes off and Minnesota United gets its second consecutive win and its sixth consecutive game without losing. We're back, baby. We're back. We think, right? We we still have COVID. Um, we still haven't practiced in a while, but <laughs> we're baby <laughs> dolls. <laughs> we're back. Man, does it feel good? And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. sometimes you just got to ride the luck. You got to ride the own goal. But, you know, the amount of pressure that we were pushing, the amount of like, you know, effort we were throwing forward, we were going to score eventually. And yeah, I mean, it just came off the head of one of their guys, but we'll take the three points. You ready for the big CF? I'm always ready for the big CF. This one's just sad. This one's just sad because it's all about just games being canceled. And I'm not talking about my University of Wisconsin Badgers who almost had to play with their fourth string quarterback due to COVID. That literally almost happened. I don't know what they would have done. I think they would have just played the Wildcat the entire game. I I was almost (laughs) glad when I heard that that was canceled because uh, that would have been interesting to watch. But both... Both of the USL finals were canceled. USL League One, players on Union Omaha who made the final despite it being their inaugural season, players on Union Omaha tested positive, and the league just decided to cancel the final and award Greenville the championship based on their finish and the table. And honestly, they were way ahead of everyone in the table. I think they were were rightfully declared the winners there. And the USL Championship, that game was also canceled after players on the Tampa Bay Rowdies tested positive. And as a result, the Phoenix Rising and the Tampa Bay Rowdies, they are now each considered champions of their respective conferences. And that's that, kind of like a co-champion situation. We don't like co-champions in America, James. That's (laughs) not what we're about. (laughs) I mean... You know, even if you're Greenville and you are declared solo champion, there's still an asterisk there. Yeah, it's still a season where everything was mixed up. Everything was turned upside down. Games were suspended at last minute when people were getting to the stadium. I think it's the fairest situation. Uh, It may not be one that people like, but 2020 has been the big CF, man. Of course it would end with two champions. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I mean, maybe I, maybe probably... this is the lesson that america needs is that sometimes it's okay if everyone wins <laughs> this is like your participation trophy for everyone <laughs> everyone gets a little bit of what they want nobody gets everything that they want no we all peacefully coexist we'll <laughs> we'll see <laughs> i don't think that lesson's gonna land <laughs> I don't think so either, but, you know, this is the way 2020 is, man. I think that's going to have to uh, 
It's going to have to stick with it for now. We, of course, also found out our game at Sporting Kansas City was canceled. We found that out Saturday night on Halloween. I was at a Halloween. I don't want to call it a party. I was in someone's driveway. I was in someone's driveway wearing a mask, standing around a fire pit. Get get the alert on my phone that the game was canceled. It should be noted, LAFC also had their weekend game against, I think it was San Jose, also canceled due to COVID. And they are the team that's closest to us in the table. And here, here's where it, here's where our club day football gets even bigger. Yeah, I, I just wanted to point out, like, is it is it bad that I'm kind of okay that we didn't play Kansas City again? Yeah, I mean, like, I think I know that we want to play football, but it's Kansas City. We've kind of played them like three times already, right? And we played them four times. This was going to be time number five. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of okay that we got it canceled. I mean, I'm not okay that there's people have COVID and that kind of sucks, but not having to play the same team for the fifth time in one season, it's kind of okay. Well, let's be honest. Sporting Kansas City is good. That would have been an away game. Now that we're on points per game, okay, and that was the next point I was going to make, is MLS has switched from just total points in the table to deciding their, their rankings for playoff spots by points per game. And Minnesota United is at 1.58 points per game. And Sporting Kansas City is a very good team. We would have been away. We would have been happy with a draw. A draw is one point, which is less than (laughs) 1.58 points. So our points per game could have actually gone down a little bit. In fact, you could say it likely would have gone down because I think a win would have been less likely than the probability of a draw or a loss. So I think it's safe to say that statistically we benefited from this cancellation. Hope everyone's all right. Like if, if, yeah. it, if it's Chase Go Gasper, on. I hope Chase Gasper is doing fine. I hope his family's doing fine. I hope everyone is doing fine. But if it's just, oh, we, we missed that game, no big deal. Uh, then, then this actually could have worked out in our favor because we stay at 1.58 points per game. Because if, if looking at the standings right now, okay, Portland's in first, Sporting Kansas City's in second, Seattle's in third. It's unlikely we're going to catch any of those three teams. But then we're in fourth with 1.58 points per game. We have clinched the playoffs, but we want to finish in that top four because the teams in the top four get a home playoff spot. LAFC is in fifth, just slightly behind us. We have 1.58 points per game. They have 1.55 points per game. They have also clinched the playoffs. We need to stay ahead of them in our final two games. Dallas, also at 1.55 points per game in sixth place. They have also clinched a spot in the playoffs. Colorado's in seventh with 1.38 points per game. And then San Jose, despite their just huge negative goal differential, they're at 1.29 points per game. So we we really, like if you're a Minnesota United fan, you are watching points per game and you are watching LAFC and you are watching Dallas. And this could get very interesting as each team only has two games left. And that's two games left, we think. We don't know. Minnesota United, it is, what night is it? It's Monday night right now. 
Minnesota United did not have a full team practice today. They still were doing individual. Uh, they, they were still practicing as individuals and they have a game against Chicago this Wednesday. So it'll be interesting to see how Minnesota United's COVID situation develops, but it's a very, very tight race for that fourth place spot right now. Sorry, can you, can you just say that one more time? Did, did, did we clinch playoffs? Do we clinch playoffs? We clinch playoffs. Yeah, it was. We clinch playoffs. It was not yeah, quite the Hassani Dotson banger to clinch the playoff <laughs> like we had last year. It was a, you know, it was a decision by the MLS office to, oh, <laughs> to, to award the playoff positions based on points per game, which did clinch the playoffs for us. So, not as exciting, but we still did it. Yeah, thank you, James, for pointing that out. No, I thought I thought you know I might just get missed in all the excitement though. So interesting fact though. So this is where the run in becomes super exciting, right? Because you talk about us, you talk about LAFC, you talk about FC Dallas. So LAFC actually only have one game left. Oh wow! And that is against Portland. Okay. Uh, final day of the regular season. We have two games left and Dallas have two games left. So we play uh, Chicago next and Dallas plays Nashville, who are there thereabouts in their playoff race in the Eastern Conference. But final day is us against Dallas. So technically, if we get the same result as Dallas does in the first game, we could even draw, for example, because we've actually would have played one less game by the end than Dallas if all goes yeah. the same. I mean, that final day is going to be super important that we either draw or beat Dallas, depending on what happened in our previous games. And if LA lose to Portland, then we're kind of, we're in a good spot. So it's going to be super, super interesting to watch. Uh, over the next week and kind of see uh, see what happens. But yeah, everyone better be tuning in on uh, Sunday night. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And I mean, this is all, right? This is all assuming that we even get to play on Wednesday against Chicago. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah, and Dallas gets to play at Nashville. <laughs> so I am starting to feel pessimistic. And it's probably because I, you know, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin. I, I talk to people in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is, if, if the United States had a big CF right now, it would be Wisconsin. You know, not so much in Madison where I'm from, but in, in the northern part of the state where I know a lot of people. And it sounds crazy there. My favorite college football team, who knows when they're going to be able to play again. My favorite MLS team. They, they of course, had to cancel last weekend. We're, we're not sure if the Loons are going to play Wednesday. We're, we're hearing about teams all across the country that are not able to play. We're hearing about both USL finals, not just postponed, but canceled. And I'm sure money had something to do with it. I'm not necessarily saying the MLS would cancel a final because of COVID. I think they would just delay it and play it later. But it, it just makes me wonder, are we going to have to, are we going to have to think 
of a different strategy going forward because I don't know if this is going to work the way that I didn't even mention, like I, I work in a public school and we are teetering on the point of not being able to have kids come into our school anymore. I, I don't know, man. I'm not in the most optimistic mood that we can keep operating sports in this country the way we have been. Um, it's It's been fun. I don't, I don't know. I hope... I hope, first of all, that everyone stays healthy and safe, but I hope that we can finish this the right way. I agree, man. Like, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, people want to be safe and people want to kind of make sure everyone is okay and everyone's, you know, doing the right thing. But also you want sport, right? Like you want you want it to, you want it to finish. You want to have some kind of final series, like even if you throw everyone back in a bubble, right, and try to make a final series where everyone's in a bubble. But you you don't want, as much as we talked about it earlier, you don't want two winners. You just want a winner of the MLS at the end of the day. And, yeah, I mean, the NFL got through a week, a week without any... (laughs) player positive tests or any kind of postponement of games. That's not true because Houston was already on a bye week. So if Houston uh, would have been on a bye week, they would have been delayed because they did have a positive case. Well, you know, we, we, we take the wins. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I just hope they can finish it, man. Like, because the worst thing would be, you know, we make playoffs and we've got some momentum. And my my stat checking said that Lod and Molino are both on six goals this year. MLS is weird. We talked about this in the last episode, I think. MLS, so Lod is on eight, but two of those were oh, yeah. MLS's back tournament knockout rounds. So MLS doesn't count the goals that happened after the group stage of the MLS's back tournament. That's right. So there's a separate thing for this. Yeah. So it's really inconvenient to look up. Like if you, if you use MLS.com or MLSsoccer.com to look up your stats, it, uh, you know, you kind of have to dig a little bit because they don't count those games. Um, Transfer marked is much better for that. Yeah. I was looking at worldfootball.net, but that's not helping either. Okay. Well, Hey man, while you, while you look at the stats, let's just quickly run down our, fantasy English Premier League standings, mostly just because I want to point out who's losing right now. So mm. of of like the five people that have been on the show um, relatively consistently, even though some of them are overdue for a return, just throwing that out there. But I am in, I am on top of that. I am technically in fourth, but I am on top. My cheesehead loons are in fourth place. Nate just Barely below me with his lower league legends in fifth. Jeremy, the fantasy football guru, with his My Franchise Football in seventh. Justin's Calvo and Co. climbed up to 11th. And James, your goon squad, man, you're in 12th. Yep. Yep. I know. I mean, it's one of the. I, I just looked at my team and I've got like three injured players and like a zero scoring goalkeeper. So things are going very well. 
<laughs> Sucks to suck. Yep. But you know what? I would like to say that I've been focusing on my NFL fantasy this year, but that's not going much better either. I am so. doing awful in NFL fantasy, but I haven't been paying much attention. So. So basically, there's hope for me beating you yet. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. All right. Closing things off, though, we've talked about it. This Wednesday, tentatively, November 4th, we have a game against Chicago. That is my wife and I's anniversary, so that'll be a nice little date night if it happens. Maybe we can get some wings. It'll be romantic. Sunday, November 8th, that should be decision day. I think it'll be decision day. We are hosting Dallas, so we have two home games left. Hopefully, we have a third home game after in the playoffs. Uh, Right now, round one of the playoffs, scheduled to start November 20th. So, decent amount of time in in between FC Dallas and the first round of the playoffs should be nice. Of course, if you like following the Eastern Conference, they'll have a they'll have a couple of play-in games before that. But, you know, for us, it'll be a nice little break. So is is the Eastern Conference also doing points per game? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They just have more teams, so they will have more teams qualify for the for the postseason. Because at this point at this rate, anyway, all of their teams should actually finish on the same amount of games. Yeah, because, I mean, they don't have Colorado in their conference. They don't have Minnesota yeah. in their conference. <laughs> and LAFC, I don't I don't think any Eastern Conference teams have had to miss games. I, There'd be very few, if any. Yeah. Because Columbus, Orlando, Nashville, and Chicago... Columbus, Orlando, Nashville, and Chicago. Yeah, are all playing Thursday. So, yeah, I mean, the Eastern Conference should all finish on 23. Good for them. Yeah. Congrats, Eastern Conference. I mean, we'll get yeah. you in the final. <laughs> you didn't COVID yet. Good job. But until then, no, I'm, uh, final, pot on you loons. Pot on you loons. We clinched. We're playoffs, baby. Bangers only. Peace out. Peace.